Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. We're broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not spend my day lying to reporters at the White House. Wow. New White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, spent her first presser doing a perfect impersonation of our old White House press secretary, Jen Psaki. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. Uh, The press are coming as Biden heads off to Buffalo today uh, to play the race card in the wake of a heinous shooting that he's hoping will boost his poll numbers by allowing him to yell MAGA and other assorted Democratic talking points to grieving families. Biden sucks. A lot of people feel that way. It's going to be a messy one, but we will clean it up with a varsity lineup today that makes this program look a lot more classier than it is. Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn in the House. Crowds way into that. Also going to hear from Fox News contributor, multimedia matinee idol Ben Dominich. Whoa! Whoa! And, of course, Fox econ whiz Brian Brenberg. Boo! Tough crowd for Brenberg. Who saw that coming? Uh, 888-788-9910. If you're new to the show, the reason I slandered Brian Brenberg is he is a close personal friend. In fact, his entire family somehow spent last Saturday night at my house out on Long Island and lived to tell the tale, which is not an easy thing to do because my wife, Jenny Fala, uh, doesn't make dinner so much as she makes hazing rituals. I don't mean she's a bad cook. It isn't a Rodney Dangerfield joke. In my house... We pray after we eat. It's not like one of those. I just mean she feeds you a lot. But uh, 888-788-9910, if you want some conversational nourishment with your radio buddy, uh, you know the rules, whether you're just listening in and riding along or you're calling in or whatever you're doing. You got the podcast version of this at foxacrossamerica.com. You got the live version. You listen at night. Whatever you do, be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a That is all. It's a big night tonight. I am caffeinated uh, because I'll be doing stand-up comedy uh, on the Gutfeld Show at 11 o'clock Eastern time. It is my second time doing stand-up on the show. Uh, It'll be my third time doing stand-up on Fox News because I, of course, uh, hosted – I hosted the pants off of the New Year's Eve show this past year. Uh, Oh, come on. This crowd, a little chippy. Bob, but it will be the first time – uh, in the history of the Fox News Channel, in the history of the Gutfeld Show, in their brand spanking new studio that's a week old, that they are having a stand-up comedian. So that's quite an honor, man. And I'm fired up to uh, get out there and do what I know how to do. Because, you know, again, radio is something I'm clearly still learning. If you listen every day, you're like, I'm not even sure this is the real host. I think the other guy's like tied up in some king of comedy type scenario. And this guy's just Rupert Pupkinning his way through a monologue about the inflation crisis. But the point is, stand-up, is, it's really cool to be able to share that with you guys because that's kind of how I made my way in the world until a Fox booker uh, saw me at a comedy club downtown and drunkenly invited me onto the show, probably not thinking I'd show up. But there I was with my taxi parked outside in some stupid jacket uh, that could distract from my glaring lack of intellect long enough for me to get through a three-minute cable news hit with Kennedy and start the journey that has led us here today to the fastest-growing radio show in the country and uh, quite a TV profile to go with it. So if you've been along for that ride, seriously, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, I am so excited. Really, it's cool for me to do 
stand up. That's why I say when I'm going on the road, you got to come to the gigs. You know, the Fat Cats up in Utica, which is June 3rd and 4th. So we sold out all four shows. That's amazing. They're adding a fifth show. Uh, this the Saturday, June the 4th, they're adding a 5 p.m. matinee show uh, to meet the demand from all of those kick-ass WIBX listeners. So if you want to go see me in Utica on Saturday, June the 4th, the tickets at Fat Cats, K-A-T-Z, ComedyClub.com. Right now, though, uh, no more jokes from me, no more self-promotion from me. We've got to talk about Karine Jean-Pierre, who was answering questions yesterday. Uh, in a very evasive manner. It was Saki-esque. At times, she talked in such circles, it actually felt like it was Kamala Jean-Pierre. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! A couple of bad moments, and I just want to get into them out of the gate because there's a reason um, I've been you know, kind of paying attention to the, the relationship between the press and the press secretaries. And it's not because Saki was leaving for the greener pastures of MSNBC. It's because there really is like a societal sea change going on in terms of the prevailing attitude towards this administration. Okay, if you saw uh, Jeff Bezos, Amazon supervillain over the weekend, picking a Twitter fight with the Biden White House about inflation and about taxing the rich. Okay, you understand Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post, which exists purely to blame everything in this country that happens, every bad thing that happens in this country on Donald Trump and the right wing. That's true. That is true. The press is so overwhelmingly friendly and courteous to this administration comparative to the Trump administration. I mean, when Trump would get up to the podium, they'd be like, what's it like being literally Hitler? And do you deserve a second term being that you personally killed every of COVID yourself. The questions were always like baiting, leading, slandery. Okay, for the most part, every single person in the media is not an actual journalist. They are an activist masquerading as a journalist. And they've done everything they could to prop up Biden and make it look like he was sane and coherent, but it's just not working anymore. That's the issue we have. And as the president approaches such historically low poll numbers, you know, you're reminded of the old saying that success has a thousand fathers. Failure is an orphan. Joe Biden, when you're pulling at 31 percent with independence, that means the whole country thinks you suck. Oh, I'm in trouble. OK. And knowing that to be the case, the media, the media, which is as opportunistic and as self-serving as anything out there, they realize their job is to get Democrats reelected, to get Democrats elected to shill for their political allegiance. And they realize they're not going to be able to successfully shill if they don't have any credibility whatsoever. Right now they have next to none. Okay, but in order to reclaim some, they're starting to do what the late great Rush Limbaugh would call some random acts of journalism. They're starting to ask more challenging questions of this White House, and that's a strategic thing. They want to distance themselves from the monster they created. Okay, it's no differently than how after the election they all turned on Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! Okay, Cuomo was the greatest guy in the world in the run-up to the 2020 election because they were building him up to tear down Donald Trump. And they were looking the other way on his nursing home scandal. That was, to be clear, straight-up elder side. He granted hospitals, nursing homes, criminal and civil immunity, meaning you won't go to jail, you won't get sued for complying with my man, my, my executive order. Okay, you don't give people criminal and civil immunity if you think you're doing something good and legal. I think he's got a point. Okay, and the media knew that, but they were willing to look the other way because they were building Cuomo up to tear down Trump. 
But the minute, the minute the election was over, okay, they all turned on Andrew Cuomo. That's just how white folks will do it. exactly how they did him. Andrew Cuomo was a full-time idiot. In the end, the media was only hiring part-time. <laughs> but now Biden finds himself in the same predicament. So you understand where we are as Karine Jean-Pierre gets to the podium. You've got inflation at a 40-year high. You've got an all-time high in fentanyl overdose deaths based on the wide-open border that's about to get even more wide-open when they get rid of Title 42 next week. That's Use your common sense. But compounding matters even more is what? We have a shortage of baby food, baby formula. In the richest country in the world, there are babies right now that don't have food. Okay, and here is Corrine Jean-Pierre doing what they do at this, at this White House, which is perception over reality. Now we're working on it. We got the whole team 24 hours a day. We played you clips yesterday of Biden's own administration saying, yeah, we warned them about this in February, but they didn't have a plan. But here is Karine Jean-Pierre, and I want to start with her because she also commented on this on Friday. And you're going to notice a big disparity in what she said yesterday and what she said Friday. Let's start with clip one. So getting more safe and fit formula onto shelves across the country is one of the president's top priorities, right? This is something that he is focusing on uh, very acutely. Uh, and again, I said 24-7, we have been working on this since we have uh, since we learned about this back in February. You're alive. So there she is. 24-7, we've been working on this since we learned about it back in February. Now, Friday, she was asked about this. Hey, who's in charge of the baby formula shortage? She said, I have no idea. We're just getting started. Here it is, clip 16. This is an urgent issue that the FDA, as you all know, and the White House is working 24-7 to address. Wait, who's yep. running point on the, on the, the formula issue at the White House? You mentioned the White House is involved. I, I, at the White House, I don't, I, I don't know. I can find out for you and get you a person who's running point, um, but I, I don't have a, a person in it. What a fraud. Do you understand? So on Friday, who's running point on this operation? Oh, I have no idea. I could look around, get you a name. I mean, not that she should know. She's just the person in charge. But no, I have no idea. I mean, I could get you a name. The fact that she doesn't have a name means there wasn't one yet. Bingo. That's the point. They weren't working on it since February. So when she got out there to the podium yesterday, what did she? Oh, no, we're working on it all around the clock. It reminds me of the old Meineke commercial. Me and my brother Mike, stuntman Mike Fala, one of our best laughs ever. So there's an old Meineke commercial with a guy. He's there like, are you tired of waiting for your car to get serviced? And the guy calls down to the shop and the shop owner goes, I got my three best guys on it. And you look out the window and his three mechanics are actually sitting on the hood of this guy's car, eating sandwiches and smoking cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Biden White House. I got my three best guys on it. By on it, they just, yeah, they're sitting on it. They're not doing anything. They didn't have a team. Okay, and you understand, then she did what? Oh, we're working on it. But by the way, it's not our fault. Here she is blaming Abbott. Uh, the manufacturer, clip two. We cannot forget uh, how th we got here. Abbott closed the facility because of safety concerns from the FDA. The FDA wanted to make sure that we formula was going out in a safe way, and that is the job of the FDA, and that is the job of this administration as well. You gotta do better than that. Okay, babies don't have food. 
we don't want to hear oh, it's the FDA is the bureaucracy. It's the federal government. That's who shut down the plant. And they were warned by a whistleblower back in September that this was going to lead to a baby shortage. They were warned again in February that there was, in fact, a baby shortage. Have you ever heard the Biden administration address this prior to three days ago? The answer would be no. No, they never went near it. That's the point. The way it happens over and over and over again in this White House is it's not a problem. They deny it's a problem till it is a problem. Fine, you got us. It's a problem. And then they blame somebody else over and over and over again. And listen to this question, because this is the most Saki-esque thing she did. Okay, the White House keeps insisting that if we raise taxes on corporations, that's going to solve. That's going to solve the inflation crisis. Wrong. Now, you know that and I know that. Because if you raise the corporate tax rate, if they're paying more in taxes, what are they going to do? They're going to pass the cost on to the consumer. Thanks, big government weenuses. And even Karen Jean-Pierre knows that. So listen to the non-answer when she's asked by the great Peter Ducey how raising taxes will actually lower the cost of gas and used cars. It's clip three. But how does raising taxes on corporations lower the cost of gas, the cost of a used car, the cost of food for everyday Americans? So look, I think we encourage those who have done very well, right, especially those who care about climate change uh, to support a fair tax code that doesn't change, that doesn't charge manufacturers, workers, cops, builders, a higher percentage of their earnings, that the most fortunate people in our nation, and not let that stand in the way of reducing energy costs and fighting this existential problem. Girl, please stop talking right now. But yo, did you hear that? How does raising taxes on corporations lower the cost of goods? Now, we all know the truth is it doesn't. It can't. If they pay more, you pay more. He knows what he's talking about. And the non-answer, it's phenomenal there. Well, you look, you know, (laughs) we're trying to create a more equal society. Yo, they are flat out contributing. They're contributing to the inflation problem with their own economic policy which is why we're in the position we're in. I never thought I would hear myself say this out loud, but we're one day into the Karine Jean-Pierre tenure, and I already miss Jen Psaki. Psaki told lies all the time Covered up for hunter's crimes Biden is a man Who's lost all his marbles? We know he ain't right. And Jen was there to cover for him every day. Make each crisis seem okay. She's so dead inside. Her soul was so empty. Then she realized TV would pay plenty. Osaki. Well, you came and you lied to our faces. Got a giant payday, Osaki. Well, you covered for Biden's disgraces. Now you're going away, Osaki. Oh, 
Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I wasn't on America Reports yesterday, but Kathy McMorris-Rogers was. She's, of course, a congresswoman from the 5th Congressional District of Washington, the state of Washington. Uh, And she spoke uh, to the reality that the FDA has been poked and prodded for months now to figure out what to do with this baby formula crisis, and uh, they didn't do anything. Uh, So when you hear the Biden administration being like, no, no, we're on it. I got my three best guys on it. Get on it. They're sitting on it. Here it is, clip eight. We've been demanding, raising the alarm, sounding the alarm for months for the FDA to, to figure out what is going on. Why, why, do we, why are we facing this baby formula shortage? And it seems to be a combination of factors, but the, there's, why is the FDA not taking action? Why isn't the FDA figuring out where we could manufacture more in the United States of America? We have suppliers that would be ready to step up, or we could import safely from other countries, but yet today Americans are facing empty shelves you've got to get mad a lot of people have gotten mad okay especially when you hear biden just lie to your face and say oh if we could have been mind readers we would have prevented it here it is clip nine if we'd been better mind readers i guess we could have but we moved as quickly as the problem became apparent to us and we have to move with caution as well as speed because we got to make sure what we're getting is in fact first-rate product that's why the fda has to go through the process you were lying your ass off. Okay, they got a heads up back in February. This is according to Brian Deese, who was on CNN. CNN is the worst. They really are, but again, okay, for this to be said on CNN, I mean, Brian Deese is never going to get booked again, but he's your NEC d- director flat out saying, yeah, they knew in February. It's clip 12. Well, as a, as a, um, uh, as a parent and with friends and, and colleagues, it was, we uh, was aware that, that people were starting to have uh, trouble uh, in stores, uh, but we were aware of this uh, from when uh, the FDA had to take its action back in February uh, with uh, Abbott and with uh, the steps in the Michigan facility. And we have had a team on this uh, from the FDA and in the interagency process since then. And the steps that I mentioned are steps that have been taken over the course of multiple weeks, and we are ramping those up. So essentially what we're saying to Joe Biden then is... You're a bald-faced liar. A- 
lying. They weren't doing anything. That's the point. And you need to understand, man, if like this is any other president, this is a Republican president and babies are starving. They're like, oh, it's white supremacy. You understand? They're starving them because of the color of their skin. You don't get it. It's out of control. Democrats are so full of crap. They really are. It's the children's classic that's making movies great again. Donald Trump stars in The Mega King. Hello, everyone. The king has returned. The president of the United States is completely nuts. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. You don't even know who you are. And only one man can save us now. The great MAGA king. Can the king help Joe Biden find his marbles, or will he lose his way against the Russian kleptocracy? Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. Kleptocracy and klep- the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> Lie down before you hurt yourself. The Mega King, starring Donald Trump. I'm really rich. And Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Now playing in Mexico, Japan, China. I love China. And coming soon to Puerto Rico. We love Puerto Rico. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's a silly bit. That's not a real movie. Although I'm sure Trump, uh, if the Republican Party and Disney were on speaking terms right now, I'm sure Trump would like to produce a spinoff called The MAGA King uh, because Republicans have embraced Joe Biden's attempts to slander them by coming up with new MAGA catchphrases. Ultra MAGA, Mega MAGA, Maximum Strength. Arctic Blast, MAGA Cool Breeze. It's like they're Gatorade flavors, MAGA Ice. It's madness. And they're hoping, uh, according to a focus group that they spent six months worth of salary on, <laughs> they're hoping this is going to turn things around for them at the polls. Wrong. Not even a little bit, man. People, you understand, sometimes there is a, it's a term you, the kids use on Twitter. It's called a self-own You know, you declare something, but your point actually defeats your intent. Okay, ultra MAGA to most of the country is not a slander term because every one of the problems we're trying to distract from didn't exist under Donald Trump. Tell them like it is. Yo, I don't run the Donald Trump radio defense fund. You know that. I'm not an activist. I I genuinely don't even think he's going to run in 2024. I think he's become too much of a golf hustler. Uh, He has a natural tan now. There's no more spray tanning. He's down at Mar-a-Lago. He's married to a supermodel. I mean, there's got to be a part of him that looks out at the media and all the harassment and is just like, like, I don't need this. You know, in those cop movies, when the one cop's like, you know, I'm much too old to be doing this. That's what I think Trump is saying. I don't even know that he's going to run. But you can't argue with me. Inflation. Inflation was not a thing under Donald Trump. Now it's at a 40 year high. Understand? The murder rate is at a 32 year high. We weren't there under Trump. Gas was $2 a gallon cheaper. And oh, by the way, we had plenty of formula for the babies. But now there's no formula for the babies, and their only recourse is to yell, MAGA! And Biden right now is up in Buffalo. And again, what is he doing? He's trying to gaslight the country about race and conservative commentators. He's trying to weaponize the crisis 
to suit their political agenda. Oh, gun control. Yo, this guy shouldn't have had guns under the red flag law. Okay, police were spoken to about his threats to a local school, but no one filled out the necessary form and did the due diligence that would have gotten his guns taken away. So we don't need a new law in this instance. We need enforcement of the previously existing law. Okay, again, it's another mass shooter who was known to the FBI. Oh, I've got an idea. How about, you know, since the FBI spends so much time monitoring parents who speak up at school board meetings, I mean, think about that. Merrick Garland worked with the teachers' unions to craft a letter that would paint parents as domestic terrorists. That's not right. But you got a guy here who is some sort of white supremacist domestic terrorist. It is exactly what it is. Exactly what it is. And the FBI just, you know, he's just out there. He's just doing his thing. And it's sad. Okay, but at the end of the day, the guy who pulled the trigger, okay, was not a conservative commentator. It wasn't Donald Trump. It wasn't his voters. It was a fringe loony. That's who it was. Do you understand? And this is no different than, if you remember, when a man who declared his love for Rachel Maddow, who was a Bernie Sanders campaign worker, shot up a congressional softball game. Okay, we didn't on the right be like, it's Rachel Maddow's a murderer. Oh, it's these guys. We didn't do that because we want people's actions to be their own. Okay, the Democrat loves to pass the buck on to everybody but the shooter in these instances because blaming the shooter doesn't help them politically. If they say, oh, we got a mental health problem. Oh, the FBI needs to enforce the pre-existing laws more aggressively. That's not something that turns people out to the polls. You understand they're in a really desperate spot. Okay, the guy's polling at 31 percent with independents. You know what that means? It means you're polling at 31 percent with Democrats, too, and they just don't want to admit it out of spite to Republicans. I agree with that. You know, our politics are so petty now. Nobody wants to take the L. There are still people out there with a straight face telling you Biden's doing well. They're crazy. They're telling you the problems are Trump's fault. You don't understand. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. They are. They're polluted because they don't want to speak to the shared reality we all, you know, we have here in America. We're all, yo, I don't care if you vote differently than me. I say this at least five times a day on the show. We're all on the same team. We all live in America. As America goes, we go. If the Democrats win every election and the country falls to garbage, then you could be a Democratic voter, but you're not really winning. It's no differently than the Republicans. If the Republicans win every election, but the country goes to hell, I can't sit here and claim victory because I probably voted Republican most of the time. Okay, we need society to flourish. Is society flourishing under Joe Biden? The answer would be no. No, it's terrible. And when you're in that position with all of the bad stats going up, inflation, crime, border crossings, murder, social, emotional harm done to children through masking and remote learning. okay, understand that they need the conversation to be about anything but what they're doing to this country. okay, and understand this country It might be your top priority. It might be my top priority. But I can't even tell you that it's their priority. Because in this instance, okay, the government's been buying up baby formula for illegal immigrants at the border for months and months. Welcome to the Biden administration. Home to the new slogan, America last. So that's why he's out there. MAGA. No, the MAGA king. Some MAGA. You know, extreme MAGA. I can't believe it's not MAGA. It's the new spray. You put it on your dinner. Oh, I can't believe it's not MAGA. It tastes like MAGA. Um, that's what they're doing now. 
okay, because they're desperate and people have caught on. I told you there's a societal sea change underway right now. When guys like Jeff Bezos are starting to slander the Biden administration, success has a thousand fathers. Failure is an orphan. No one wants to be associated with this thing because there's no resuscitating this presidency between now and the midterms. The Democrats know that. Again, they paid a focus group. They said, hey, you got six months to come up with a plan for the midterms. The plan wasn't solve inflation. It wasn't secure the border. It wasn't secure the streets. No, the plan was we're just going to yell MAGA. That's going to get the job done. We'll just remind people of Trump. Not even close. Doesn't even work a little. Why? Because none of these problems happened under Trump. This is a cell phone. When you say Trump, people actually go, yeah, in fact, he's actually not that bad after all. You might not have liked his tweets. And again, I don't even think he's running for president. So don't think I'm some right wing guy just shilling for Trump all day. I got too much talent. I don't have to shill, man. I can just hang out and do a show. And if I run out of steam, I got Dennis. He's on the line at WVMT up in Vermont. Yo, Dennis. Is this Jimmy Fallon of Fox Across America? <laughs> There's no one else this dumb who could impersonate me, so it has to be, right? I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Oh, you are so no, worthy. No, I'm only kidding, Jimmy. We'll see if I'm worthy or not. Now, you touched upon the fact that the government has been competing with American citizens for um, the, the supply of baby formula for distribution for free to illegal aliens at the border. But we have had... Four million, three million admitted, but four million probable illegal aliens that have crossed the border. And what do you think they have done to uh, consumer prices throughout our country? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're competing for gas. They're competing for milk. They're competing for bread. Mm -hmm. All of that is a is a, uh, you know, finite supply. When you have more demand on that finite supply and you have increased dollars that have been added by the uh, government um, without any economic growth mm-hmm. over 2019, yep. that's going to cause inflation too. And no reporter is asking that question. Nope. Well, you want to know the truth? They're starting to demonstrate some intellectual curiosity. Not too much because they're still on the Democratic team. They don't want to make Biden look terrible. They just want to look objective enough that when it comes to start shilling for the Democratic Party again, they have some credibility to trade on. OK, right now, the media really doesn't have a hell of a whole lot, but they've mismanaged uh, this from every standpoint. And not only the brilliant points you made, but Elon Musk, uh, he was on a podcast last night. I'm going to play some of the clips in a little bit. And uh, he basically laid it out at the most simple level. Printing and spending our currency when we don't actually have the money is driving inflation. And when you decide, well, you know, things are getting so expensive for the consumers that we'll just tax the corporations more. That's going to be a that's a double inflation because now they're going to pass that tax hike on to you and me. I mean, it really is a mess. And here's the thing, Dennis. I'm not good with money. Like I spent my 20s investing in blackjack tables and strip clubs straight up. I mean, I'm just I'm a real person. And uh, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy those investments, but I don't actually have anything to show for them now. But even I know as a guy who thought it was a good idea to invest in splitting aces and eights at the Mohican Sun Casino, not too far from you up there, uh, that this is bad financial management by the White House. Have you ever seen anybody worse in your time following politics than they are with economics? Uh, no, I, I mean, I couldn't run my household like this and because uh, I don't have a printing press. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I was thinking that I was thinking that, you know, it, I could go out on a spending spree on my credit cards. And when my my uh, 
creditors and my fraud victims bring me before the judge, I can say, hey, Your Honor, I was not being profligate or deceitful. I was deficit spending my way to prosperity, at which time I was going to pay off all of those, uh, victims, I mean, I and, mean, creditors. And then you just yell MAGA. Honestly. <laughs> just yell, ultra, it's ultra MAGA, Your Honor. I don't think that he's going to let you go. Uh, Dennis, uh, I don't know that you'd make a good defense attorney uh, with that strategy, but you're an excellent caller. Uh, let's do it again soon, brother man. Uh, and it's, Dennis makes a brilliant point. Okay, think of it this way. Very basic. I say this a lot when it comes to economics. I bring on an economics guy every other week, Brian Brenberg. He's an econ professor at the King's College, the Fox News contributor. Okay, I have a very basic understanding of economics in, in that I am not teaching econ at a college. But understand, I always tell you, running a country is no different than running a household. You have X amount of income. You have Y amount of bills. We are right now creating new bills, making new uh, commitments that exceed our income. You understand the $40 billion we're sending to Ukraine, we don't have that money. We didn't go like, well, we're short baby formula. Inflation's crushing people. They can't afford gas. Why are we taking $40 billion out of our savings for that instead of allocating it here in America? No, 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 no. That's not what we're doing. We're borrowing that money. At a time when the bills exceed the income, we're printing more money. We're taking on more debt, which in the process drives up the inflation even further. That's why we are where we are. And when Biden yells MAGA, ultra MAGA, super califragilistic, XBL MAGA, it's bad, I'm telling you. Okay, he wants you talking about MAGA because he doesn't want you to talk about him and his economic lies. White House girls send Biden to bed early. Cause he's really old and he's senile He makes up so much crap the country's worried He's lying like it's going out of style You can't hide Joe Biden's lies For a Taking the edge off, one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon holding this country together on a big Tuesday. About to get bigger. I'll be on Gutfeld tonight if you're just tuning in. I'm doing stand-up, not even on the panel. 
Just telling some jokes. Just slanging some jokes with Gigi and the gang. Number one rated show in all of late night television. Why? Because the conservative movement is now the fun side. For the first time ever, the conservatives are winning the culture war. The Democrats used to be the party of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Rage against the machine. Now everybody who grew up listening to Rage Against the Machine has actually joined the machine. That's true. That is true. Think about it. All the left wing now is like, screw you, get vaccinated. I'm with Big Pharma. Screw you, government mandates. I'm on their side. The people who listen to Rage Against the Machine, their party joined the machine. They now shill for the machine. The party that was sex, drugs, and rock and roll is now... Sex is a construct. It doesn't even exist. (laughs) We don't see gender. It's a social construct. We're offended by everything. Rock and roll. Have you seen the tweets of Kid Rock? We can't be listening to rock and roll. How do you give somebody a platform like that? Come on, man. That's what they're doing. They used to be the cool side. Conservatives were considered not cool because they espoused traditional values. Restraint. Okay, fiscal responsibility, law and order, things that are traditionally worth, you know, to the youth anyway, defying against. No, we, you know, with a sex, drugs, and rock and roll party, with a rage against the machine party, you know, now on their side of the argument, they are a grievance movement. They are a movement of offense. If you watch Colbert or you watch Seth Meyers, which I wouldn't watch Seth Meyers at gunpoint. But if you watch those shows, watch Jimmy Kimmel. Remember, he used to do comedy. Now he's like a left-wing activist. A lot of these guys have become partisan shills, and their partisan positions are one of grievance, are one of oppression. And basically, you know, voters are saying to them, Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. And they're voting with their remote for Gutfeld. They're watching Gutfeld. I mean, all you have to do is hang out with me in a weekend to know they're watching Gutfeld. I go to the supermarket. I get stopped five times. It's hilarious. But it's because the show has exploded because after two years of being locked down and having our rights trampled by the government, people just want to have a good time. They don't want to be offended. They don't want to get somebody fired because of a joke they told. They just want to have a couple of laughs at the end of the day and poke some fun at the news and go to bed feeling all right about this life. And that's why we keep winning on Greg's show. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of Fox News headquarters in New York City. Got a big hour of Fox Across America coming up. Wow. Battling Ben Dominich, Fox News contributor, host of the Ben Dominich podcast, Mr. Mr. Megan McCain. He is married to the Megster. He's a damn good friend of the show. He is going to be stopping by to discuss, wow, it's an all skate. We've got this whole ridiculous Democratic abortion debate where some of these activists are now saying, no, no, you know, you can abort right up until birth. Yeah, we have a word for that. It's actually called murder. I admire your honesty. We're also going to get into Elon Musk and his little standoff with Twitter, where he's now putting the deal on hold 
until he can verify what percentage of Twitter accounts happen to be bots. Because here's the thing, you can't sell advertising to robots. And that's a little bit of a problem. But while he was making headlines for fighting with Twitter, he took some shots at the occupant of the Oval Office. Come on, man. Elon Musk having a good time at Joe Biden's expense, calling him President teleprompter and saying who's ever in charge of the teleprompter is in charge of the presidency. Biden's lost his marbles. A lot of people feel that way. If you happen to be one of them, or even if you don't feel that way, you're welcome to call in. 888-788-9910. The rules are the same every hour. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a I'm doing stand-up on Guffell tonight. I will promote this all day because I need the ratings, yo. I am an ex-cab driver. That's what I spent most of my adult life doing. Yes, things are going well. But you know what you can't afford to do when you're an ex-cab driver that has this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity? You can't afford to take your foot off the gas. Bingo. We need them to keep going well. We need you to keep tuning in. We need to keep doing these TV hits. And we need to keep having these conversations on the radio. Because i got to tell you, man, if you have been coming to any of these live events we've been doing with this show, we are the cool kids. We're the cool crowd. If you listen to this show, you are a part of the coolest thing in society, which is an audio safe space where people can believe anything they want. We're not going to cancel them. We're not going to chase them out of the restaurant. We like food too much. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. I don't know. I would argue that fat, drunk, and stupid has been a phenomenal way to go through life. Look at me now. This is amazing. Uh, But the point is, our crowd, who is capable of objective conversation, We have been a catalyst. There's a few million of you listening right now. We have been a catalyst in what I call a force multiplication of cool, of positive energy. We have affected society in the sense that people are finally starting to calm down. People are talking about substance instead of sensationalism. After four years of you're all Hitler and you work for the Kremlin somehow— We're now back to, hey, shouldn't we talk about the fact that we can't afford gas, that the border's out of control, and that there's no baby formula on the shelves? That seems like a bigger deal than which actress Donald Trump called a fat pig on Twitter when he got up to pee in the middle of the night. We're at a place now where we've dialed it back a little bit, and we are one of the driving forces behind that, okay? We're on the highest-rated late-night comedy show in the country just about every week. You'll see me on there, and we're on this show, and certainly bouncing around a lot of high-profile shows here at Fox if we're talking about America's newsroom or Harris or Tucker or even Kennedy, which is the best of the best. Uh, You know, we're all over the place and we're all over the place because the world has seen a market for what you and I do, not me, what you and I do. Okay, me being a little goofy, but understanding the news and the way the world works is nice, but it's only valuable because people are responding to it. So I can't do this stuff were it not for people like yourself who respond to what I'm doing. So understand, I'll stop now before I sing Wind Beneath My Wings by Bette Midler. She's a jackass, by the way. But understand that everybody in the country is now starting to see it our way. You know, what did Netflix do yesterday? We talked about it on America's Newsroom. They sent a memo out to their woke employees, and they said, no more. If you're offended by the content, don't work here anymore. Why did they say that? Because everything woke turns to Dude, they lost 200,000 subscribers. Their stock price plummeted because Americans don't want to be on the angry grievance, I'm offended side. They don't want to be on the work, gender, and social justice into every program we watch side. They watch programming, they stream shows to get away from politics, to get away from the torments of everyday life. Now the Democratic Party 
and their allies in the media got sucked down this rabbit hole of social activism, whether we're talking about pro sports, whether we're talking about late night comedy, whether we're talking about streaming services. And for that reason, everybody is tuning them out. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. And they'll try to tell you, oh, it's white supremacy. That's what's going on. But you understand it's not white supremacy. It's idea supremacy. The good ideas happen to be on this side of the aisle. That's why we're not the ones that are forming a censorship board. We're not out there saying we're going to ban any speech that doesn't align with our narrative. We're saying bring it on. Let's have the battle. Old Howie Schneidler. I wonder where Howie Schneidler is. Growing up, one of my best friends in the world, Dennis Schneidler. He's a good little league pitcher, uh, phenomenal high school pitcher. He won the Diamond Award as the best pitcher in Nassau County. Uh, went on to CW Post and set several drinking records there as well. Uh, I've done, Dennis is a great guy, but him and a keg, they go head-to-head. Head. Uh, my money's on Dennis every time. Uh, but Dennis's dad, Howie, was a badass, cool guy, fun guy. And, uh, you know, a little bit of a flamboyant dude. Wore a lot of jewelry, drove vets, and I always liked Howie. He always liked me. We always got on great. But I'll never forget when I was at a Little League game. And a dad on the opposing team, this wasn't as common back then. People didn't wind up in viral videos where they were, like, beating up Little League umpires and stuff. But I'll never forget, after a game back then, someone said to Howie Schneider on the other team, they're like, hey, I ought to kick your ass. And Howie Schneider just goes, I don't see anybody holding you back. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. And the guy walked away. But the point is, yeah, Howie would have taken the fight. He would have beat the guy up. Hey, if you're going to kick my ass, kick it. Let's go. And that's what the Democrats do every day. Oh, no, these people are stupid. They're white supremacists. They have bad ideas. That's why we don't want to debate them. Do you understand? Like, nobody's holding you back, Democrats. There's nobody. When you say America needs to have a conversation, the conservatives are like, yeah, let's go. We would love to. But the Democrats don't have a conversation. They want to censor conversation. They want to social pressure it into going away. They want to character assassinate anybody who disagrees with them because they can't sell their policies. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. And Elon Musk knows this. Understand Elon Musk is a Democrat. He is a lifelong Democrat. He has voted Democrat in every election. He says he's always aligning with the Democrats in his head. Were he to vote today, he's voting Democrat. You dig? And the point is, okay, he didn't leave the party. He didn't become a right-wing strongman. The party abandoned all of its principles. The Democrats were the free speech party. Hey, we can burn the American flag. It's speech. It's protected. But they'd fire you right now if you told a joke they didn't like. Does that sound like free speech to you? Of course not. The party left its people. They are now the party of rich coastal elites, woke white people who are forcing their agenda on minorities in the name of protecting them. Look, I know the murder rate's up 32 percent in the black community, but climate change, right? Am I right? The MAGA people, they don't even get climate change. They're like, hey, can you speak up? I don't hear you over the gunfire. Elon Musk gets it. So him slandering Joe Biden is yet another step forward in this emblematic sea change where the whole country's turning on this administration. Here's Elon, clip 17. Man, it's hard to tell what Biden's doing, to be totally frank. Um, you know, like, yeah. Like, I feel like it's the, weekend the, at Bernie's. The, 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 the real president is whoever controls the teleprompter. You know, it's like, it's like it, the, the, the path to power is the path to the teleprompter. 
you know, like what, because what, that then he just reads the teleprompter. So, you know, I, I do feel like, like if, if somebody would accidentally lean on the, lean on the teleprompter, it's going to be like Anchorman. It's going to be like QQQ ASDF one, two, three, you know, type of thing. Um, you know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with, uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's what's going on. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. Nobody can. You understand people are tired of being told that their eyes are deceiving them. That's what the Democrats are down to now. No, no, border's not a crisis. Inflation's not a crisis. Baby formula's not a crisis. MAGA! No, no, Biden's fine. He's as sharp as a tack, Joe Biden. Look at him. No, the guy, I've never seen him sharper. Come on, don't bullshit me. But that's what they're doing, and people aren't buying it. Okay, they're not getting anything done. Elon Musk said that as well. Here's clip 18. I mean, this is strange. Just, just, it doesn't seem to get a lot done. Like, and, you know, um, whatever, like the, the Trump administration, leaving Trump aside, I, there, there were a lot of people in the administration who were effective at getting things done. So uh, this, this administration seems just, just to not have, like, the drive to just get shit done. Uh, that, that, um, that, that's, my, it's, it's, that's my impression. I mean, he basically said everything except, let's go, Brandon. I mean, and, and why? Not because he's a Republican strongman. Do you understand? Like, there are liberals out there who live to fight with Republicans. There's a lot of people where political infighting became their full-time occupation when social media became a thing because hating other people, projecting hatred onto other people – is a way to avoid dealing with all the things you hate about yourself. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. You've all met those people who have otherwise great lives but spend the whole day screaming at you about Trump. Oh, but Trump! Like, dude, Trump doesn't affect you. He doesn't do anything. You're rich. You're fine. But people, people need an outlet for their torment. So a lot of times they will project it onto politicians or their ideological others. So there are Democrats right now in real time that would argue with what Elon Musk just said, that are trying to convince people Biden's doing a good job, this is all Republican slander, MAGA's the problem. We know the problem. Okay, here's Elon Musk. Just understand this. Elon Musk runs two of the – he's – depending on the hour of the day, either the wealthiest man in the world or the second wealthiest man in the world. He's an immigrant who migrated to this country and created a life of spectacular prosperity for himself and so many people, which is, in essence, the American dream. Immigrants don't come to this country to watch our government demonize success. They come to this country because they want to be successful. That's why they come. The Democrats are selling them, no, it's oppressive here. It's bad. you got to vote for us because the other guys are out to get you. And these are people fleeing real oppression, food insecurity, cartel violence, you know, third world quality of life shortages. They have perspective. They're not buying what the Democrats are selling. But understand Elon Musk being a refusion of everything the Democrats tell you. You know, the Democrats don't run on Yes, We Can anymore. That was an Obama thing. If he ran on Yes, We Can now, they'd be like, check your privilege, half white guy. Easy for you to say, yes, we can. And understand, if Obama was a Republican, he would be called a half-white guy instead of the first black president. Look at how they treat Tim Scott. Tim Scott was on with Harris Faulkner today. 
She's on our show tomorrow. It was the most moving thing I've ever watched on a television because they were just talking about how the Democrats keep trying to sell victimhood to the black community and keep telling them, well, we need abortion because black women shouldn't be having babies. It keeps them out of the labor force. That was Janet Yellen's direct quote. Katie Porter said it yesterday. I played it on the show. Well, inflation just underscores the need for more abortion. Look at these prices. Wouldn't it be easier to just kill the kid than it would be to pick up a few extra hours at the factory? I mean, who's with me? This is who they are. Okay, but when it comes to business, when it comes to finance, Elon Musk is running two of the most profitable and valuable companies on the planet of Earth in Tesla and SpaceX. The guy for whatever you think of him, I don't care. He's a Democrat. There's a lot of Democrats, like I said, who are fighting on Twitter for a living that are waiting are waiting for that moment when Elon Musk does something that the Democrat does. So they can say, ha, Republicans, you got worked over, you got rooked. No, 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 no. We know he's not one of us. But you're turning him into somebody who aligns with our thought process by trying to curtail speech rights, by trying to make the government to answer to everything. And Elon Musk, for whatever you think of him, Okay, he understands capitalism and business. He understands that Biden is the guy causing inflation. Here it is. Clip 19. The, the obvious reason for inflation is that the government printed a zillion amount of more money than it had, uh, obviously. Um, so it, it's like the government can't just, uh, uh, you know, have um, issue checks far in excess of revenue without there being inflation. Um, you know, velocity of money held constant. So unless there's something would, would change with velocity of money, but but, but it's it just the, the, if the federal government writes checks, they don't they never bounce. So that is effectively creation of more of more dollars. And if if there are more dollars created than the increase in the goods and services output of the economy, then you have inflation again. Velocity of money held constant. So do you understand? That's a guy who understands economics. And he's telling you that Joe Biden can't do the job. A three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S, jobs. Emphasis there not on the fact that he spelled jobs as a three-letter word with four letters. Emphasis on the words BS. Because anybody who tells you Biden isn't causing this problem is, of course, riddled with BS. But this is where we are, and even Elon Musk knows it. People are fleeing the Democratic Party because they know they're in over their head. They never expected any adversity from the media, but they've gotten to a place where they've mismanaged the company on and the country on such a profound level that nobody knows what to do anymore in this administration. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Look, the American experiment in democracy is in a danger like it hasn't been in my lifetime. It's in danger this hour. Hate and fear are being given too much oxygen by those who pretend to love America but who don't understand America. To confront the ideology of hate requires caring about all people, not making distinctions. Reverend, the scripture is seeing that we're all part of the divine. Love thy neighbor as thyself. That's the America I know, that Jill knows. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. Yes, you're a pro-abortion Catholic is off Quoting the Bible again. There's Joe Biden quoting the scriptures as his party champions 
abortion up until the third grade. I mean, what a loser. But what is he trying to say there? Oh, I'll protect democracy. That's the new deliverable now. Republicans don't like white uh, black people. That's what he's going with now. It's embarrassing, man. This is where we're at in this administration. Will Kane and I were talking yesterday on the show. Okay, the sports analogy is garbage time. If you've ever watched an NBA team where one team is up 50 and you just empty the bench, you know, the guy who dunks off the trampoline in the werewolf costume now gets a chance to actually play. Like everybody's involved. The T-shirt guy who shoots the T-shirt gun. Like, why don't you come down here and guard somebody on the Mavericks? See if you can guard Luka Doncic. Actually, he's not even on the floor. It's garbage time. That's where we are in this presidency. We're not even two full years in, and they've just tried everything. Okay, they tried mobilizing their base with an unprecedented SCOTUS leak. They've tried vote for us or your Jim Crow on steroids. They've moved a major league all-star game. They slandered border agents claiming they were whipping Haitian migrants with what actually turned out to be split reins on a horse. But there was Biden straight up. No, no, this is like slavery. They're going to pay. That's what he did. They've tried everything. We're in garbage time. MAGA, ultra MAGA, extreme MAGA. Now we're back to he's protecting democracy. That's the issue. We don't understand it on the right. We're giving hate too much oxygen. That's what he wants you to believe. Okay, understand, I don't know how the inside of this crazy man's mind works. I didn't shoot up a supermarket. Okay, I never will. That's not how I'm wired. Thank God. Thank God that's not how you're wired. Thank God that's not how anybody listening to this show is wired. That's a fringe lunatic. But you understand, one of the things he wrote on his rifle is that the Waukesha parade victims that were ignored by this president. He didn't go to Waukesha when a black supremacist posted at length on Facebook about the need to kill white people and then ran over 42 white people in a parade. Biden didn't show up, didn't have a word for those people. And that's what's infuriating to folks who don't see a fair fight taking place. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Feeling better now. We've just gotten a call from Marcellus Wallace. He told us he is sending the wolf. Joining us now is proof. He has just parked the Acura NSX outside the studio. Fox News contributor, multimedia superstar, host of the Ben Dominich podcast, The Wolf, Ben Dominich. Hey, man. Hey, it's good to be with you. And uh, by the way, the wolf, uh, that's the thing that I miss the most that really needed to be created. Winston Wolf deserved a series. Yes. uh, With Harvey Keitel. Like, like, I mean, think about that as being like a gritty TV, you know, uh, uh, a better call song. Yeah, exactly. But like with, I mean, you know, come on. (laughs) It's uh, it's, it's one of these things where it's, it's one of these things where just, I, I wish that something like that would happen. And in an era of uh, far too many uh, retread uh, uh, Marvel movies and uh, Star Wars that's uh, increasingly wokeified, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> maybe maybe someone can grab that IP, though it will always be Keitel <laughs> in my mind, regardless of who they cast. I, I love that. And you make a good point about Star Wars, because when they remake uh, – Empire, Empire Strikes Back, Darth Vader's going to say, Luke, I am your birthing parent. I don't even think he's going to say father. It's just not, not going to have the same ring, Ben. <laughs> By the way, that's a, that's a classic uh, Berenstain Bears uh, situation. 
because he doesn't actually say, Luke, I am your father. Uh-huh. He says, no, I am your father. But we remember it differently because, uh, because everyone's uh, sort of uh, taken the, the other version of it. By the way, did you know that in the original draft screenplay for Empire, Han Solo was just supposed to say, I love you too. Really? Instead of uh, responding to Leia's I love you with I know, which is so much cooler. (laughs) (laughs) So it's so badass. It's like out of swingers or something like the Vince Vaughn character. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, look, I I appreciate uh, every every time I get the chance to talk to you, Jimmy, because uh, you take me away from the savage hellscape. Well, that is our political uh, reality at the moment, you, and you, ain't kidding. Uh, you know, look, it's it's it is really bloody. I mean, it is just, you know, I I look out over the Potomac at Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. and I'm surprised every morning that things aren't on fire. It's so, you it, know, it, it, you, you well within it's really your a bad situation. Yeah, it is. Well, and listen, I appreciate uh, you taking time to talk because you could be out selling baby formula on the black market right now for big money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there. This is the thing with that. Uh-huh. That whole situation, it's like, you know, this is what makes people feel like we are in, uh, you know, on the cusp of some kind of apocalyptic moment. Yes, you know, yes. It's, it's not, it's not mm-hmm. the, you know, it's not, you know, just rioting in the streets. It's not protest. It's not, you know, uh, killings and things like that. It's that the, the you know, the, the greatest country in the history of the world can't figure out a way to feed its babies. Yeah. Like that this is this is a situation that creates so much doubt in people's minds. And look, the Biden administration I mean this is look, I know that the word failure mm-hmm. uh is is used uh uh and overused when it comes to uh American politics. But this is the most abject collapse failure of my lifetime. Yep. And I'm and observing it happen. I mean, it's it's just like I, I was not around for Jimmy Carter. I was not around mm-hmm. for the, the gas lines and and things like that. But to see an, an administration just fall on its face over and over and over again, it's totally incoherent and haphazard. And they've got all these, you know, junior varsity people who've been promoted well past the point that their talent justified. Yes. I mean, just just something like the word salad that comes out of Kamala's mouth every time she's asked to speak on anything of importance. It's like whenever you hear Joe, the thing to keep in mind is it can be more incoherent. It actually can. (laughs) The the, the more incoherent person works for. So, you know, this is this is something that I think, you know, look, we whatever. Whatever your hopes are or whatever your, your beliefs are uh, about uh-huh. American politics, uh-huh. we should want to have a president and an administration that we can be confident in not just falling, you know, ass over tea kettle, you know, <laughs> at, at every kind of challenge that comes up along the way. Yeah. You want to have some confidence in them. And instead, they're trying to make us squint and see Mayor Pete. Uh, someone who can't even keep the supply chains running as being, you know, presidential timber. It's just madness. Oh, it's it's so infuriating. Ben Dominich is on the line. Uh, he is, of course, right now at the dog park with Michael Vick making some side money. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that, that must have been a, that must have been a uh, Mayor Pete fan. That I, that <laughs> Don't you walk by a dog that was like, you, you yeah. can't bag on Mayor Pete. Uh, <laughs> it, it's fascinating, though, because he went right out yesterday. He did what Corinne Jean-Pierre did also as they tried to bag, you know, 
place this at the feet of the Abbott plant. Uh, but it's the bureaucracy that's actually slowing down the production. And they are lying. Like when they say that, oh, this is a new thing and Biden says, oh, if I was a mind reader, you know, the whistleblower spoke up in September. They've known it was a shortage since at least February. So is this I mean, in your head, do you see this as more of an exercise in perception over reality? Meaning, is there more effort being put into the message than in solving the problem? That's been the approach of the Biden administration to this point on everything. They've, they're more about the spin than they are about any uh, having any care about getting the substance right. And, you know, they've been frustrating by, frustrated by the fact that the Washington press corps, you know, which was so dutiful in spinning them all the way into the White House, I mean, carrying Joe on a, a you know, over their heads. Uh, and uh, keeping him out of reach of the American people all the way to the presidency, uh, that they're just they are frustrated with them now when they get even the most minor, you know, uh, questions, the, the easiest softballs in the world. And they act infuriated about them. Look, this is a White House that does not handle messaging well, but more troublesome uh, to us is that it just doesn't handle policy well. Yeah. And that's something that is leading to not just incoherence, but, you know, to this kind of slapdash approach to everything you know you spend 40 billion dollars on uh on supporting ukraine and i'm all in favor of supporting ukraine Mm -hmm. but the fact is that 40 billion is going to be chock full of just the worst kind of pork and uh and you know uh, misbegotten spending in so many different ways we all know it um and we all know that there's nothing that's going to be done about it and it's one of these situations that's incredibly uh unfortunate and frustrating but it's it's just the reality of what life is like in this Washington led by a bunch of octogenarian uh, leaders who are way past the sell-by point. Yeah, I, I, I do think on second thought, taking the cast of Cocoon and giving them the presidency might have been a bad idea. Uh, Wilford Brimley, much younger than you think. I know, uh, he was like 22. Just the other day, just the other day, uh, uh, Michael Ian Black um, um. Uh, was uh, was tweeted at the comedian um, mm-hmm. uh, that he had passed his his Wilford Brimley day, which is you know how old Wilford Brimley was when they made Cocoon, yep. and and he responded by saying this is violence, <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it really does feel you know a, a little, we should all be so fortunate as to make it that far, um, but it is one of these circumstances where you know those are not the people that we should have running the country, and look. Uh, some of them are going to get swept out yep. uh, in November, thank, uh, thanks be to the gods. But it's one of these situations where, you know, the people who are going to replace them aren't necessarily going to be massive improvements. I mean, you're going to have uh, a you have a real hollowed out segment of the Democratic Party that mm. is, is mostly, uh, you know, Xers and people like that um who you know have frankly have left the congress in recent years people like tim ryan mm-hmm. you know uh, uh people uh people like beto uh who, <laughs> who have decided to you know run in ridiculous sort of uh you know over the top statewide campaigns that they have no hope of winning yeah uh, as opposed to staying under nancy pelosi's leadership mm-hmm. uh, and that's really hollowed them out so you very quickly you go from a you know pelosi uh steny hoyer uh, Clyburn kind of situation, you know, with Jerry Nadler waddling about <laughs> to a squad situation. And that's not exactly an improvement. No, you're right. This is like we're basically going to play the second string on a three and 13 team. 
You know, if <laughs> if they weren't making the field to begin with, we're in a bad situation. Ben Dominich is on yeah. the phone. Uh, this is not Moneyball, man. This is not Moneyball. <laughs> You're not going to be able to find, uh, you know, a replacement for Johnny Damon out there. So, <laughs> um, but look, I, 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 uh, I'm very frustrated by this, but here's the one thing uh, that I do find to be hopeful. We, we are at a point where no one can deny it anymore. Yeah. The emperor has no clothes. He's standing naked in the street, and everybody is, saying, is looking, to, looking at each other going, is everybody seeing this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the only one seeing this? It, you, and that's actually a good thing because yep, it's, it's it is. more honest. Yeah. Well, a good to, to that, I would add, is now even Jeff Bezos uh, is trying to glom off the Elon Musk, you know, billionaire weighs in on Twitter and takes shot at Biden thing, you know. And uh, oh, it's so, but it's so try hard. Yeah, oh, like, it's embarrassing. I mean, it's definitely, uh, Elon mm-hmm. did it first, and everybody liked it, so yep. I'm going to do it now. Yeah, well, he's gonna, <laughs> he's going to put in a bit on Twitter. I guarantee it. <laughs> oh, totally. I thing. mean, uh, look, you know, he has <clears throat> look. Uh, uh, two different routes you can go on this. You know, Elon, you know, he gets the money, he gets the hair plugs. He gets the <laughs> highest end hair plugs. He gets the best <laughs> hair, okay? Jeff Bezos, no. <laughs> and so and instead, instead he goes in this other route, uh, and he just wants people to like him. And yes. I find that to be very off-putting because – uh, I, I like billionaires who don't care if they're like Yes, I mean, you're a billionaire. Back to your Harrison Ford thing. I love you. I know. Much cooler <laughs> than, like, I love you. Really? God, I hope you do, you know? <laughs> and, and that's the thing. You know, I, I think that we, you know, as a country should uh, appreciate Elon, you know, whatever ends up happening with any of this Twitter buying or any of the other craziness. You know, this is a guy crazy enough to send a poop emoji, you know, to the CEO of Twitter um, to, to send a point and, send, yeah. and, make, and send a message. Like, I love that. You know, I, yeah. I, I want more, you know, uh, I want more billionaires who are putting, you know, lasers on tops of sharks and, you know, flying around in dirigibles yeah. and, you know, uh, and talking about co- personally colonizing Mars uh, and, and less who are, who are talking about, uh, you know, the kinds of things that are of interest to, to Jeff Bezos. Um, and whining about uh, solar panels and climate change. Yeah, Jeff so Bezos can relax. Go ahead. Yeah. So with his uh, with his his inflated physique, Jeff Bezos apparently is taking the same Flintstone vitamins as Barry Bonds. He picked up a bunch of muscle <laughs> like last. I noticed that. I noticed that. It's it, it I, it's a little off putting. Yes. Like I mean, you know, you, you, you want to 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 me. I just sort of look at this guy and it's like, I mean. You know, look, I, I like it better when you're just selling me books. Yes, seriously. <laughs> you know? Just tech nerds, so, sell us some books. You figured it out. You made money. But now yeah. he wants to be, you know, he, he he wants to be like a sex symbol. But, again, he also had that emasculating moment. Do you remember the video uh, or the still photo anyway from a few months back where they ran into Leonardo DiCaprio at the event? Yeah. And yes. she literally, like, leapt out of her skin. She was crying like a girl seeing the Beatles at Shea Stadium. In 1964, <laughs> it was crazy. Look, I, I, I uh, look, I, I understand. You know, these uh, 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 movie stars will always be will always be cooler than us. But mm-hmm. you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing that I think we we should understand about this moment. Mm-hmm. We are living through a very ridiculous moment, yep. and it's it's re- uniquely ridiculous. This combination of aging leadership, a government that can't really get like get control of anything. You know, that, that sends poor Alexander Mayorkas out there on television to maintain that, like, you're not seeing anything that you're seeing. Yeah. You know, no, the border's <laughs> in control. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. You know, it's, it's a government that is both 
uh, crass enough and fickle enough to put its thumb on the scales and crush parents going and expressing their views as being domestic terrorists. And at the same time, you can't trust them to make any kind of train run on time. Uh, and that's not a good situation, man. That's uh, we, no. we, we know what those types of things lead to historically, and it ain't good. It ain't good. And one, one last thing then, and I'll, I'll bring this up and give our listeners a higher security clearance than they already have. You know, I always say, you know, we had like Baghdad Bob, and he's like McAllen Mayorkas, where he gets out there and tells <laughs> you we're not seeing what we see. Uh, but McAllen Mayorkas, if you remember, I don't know if you were privy to this, but the party I ran into you at in D.C. Uh, the night before the correspondence dinner, he yeah. waited and fangirled out to meet Don Lemon. And I was so blown away by the level of the PDA between him and Don Lemon. And all I could think of is, you know, this is a guy fangirling over a guy who tells us securing the border is racist. And that's probably why we are where we are, is there he is an ideologue on some level. So it's beyond Biden yeah. giving him that bad assignment. Uh, he, he probably does believe this is the right thing to do. I'm not sure that a more pathetic statement has ever been uttered than <laughs> utterly fangirling about Don Lemon. It happened. I mean, it's like, like of all people to fangirl over. I mean, I come know. on. You know, look, you know, I mean, at least at least with Chris Cuomo, he gave you some laughs. You know? <laughs> I mean, he look, gave you a pull up video or some exactly, absurd exactly. video of him emerging st- from quarantine. I will never I will never stop laughing at that over the head uh, bicep. Yeah. Uh, work that he does whenever the, uh, uh, Tucker seems uh, yeah. to, feels the need to mention him. But look, you know, this is this is an administration that isn't going to be around for long. Well, you know, the best thing that Republicans can do is try to minimize the damage that they do. And they'll have a real shot, I think, at helping to do that um, if November turns out the way that it does. And we're going to have a lot of new blood in. I mean, one yep. of the things to keep in mind, this is primary day in Pennsylvania. Yep. You know, wh- whether it's Oz, McCormick or, or Barnett, who ends up with the nomination, that's new blood. Yes. Like, it's going to be a lot of new blood, and they're going to have new priorities, and they're going to have the ability to set an agenda, and that's going to be something that I think uh, is it going to be a real thorn in the side of this administration. Uh, and they're not going to be able to get away with a lot of the stuff that they've been trying to get away with for the last year and a half. Uh, I agree a thousand percent. But not to be outdone, uh, the Biden administration is going to have new blood, as in transfusions, because they're old. <laughs> <laughs> I got a million of them. Uh, you're the best. Ah, the blood of a young child. <laughs> that was... that's, that's, all, that's all you need. <laughs> so funny. Uh, uh, great stuff. Oh, Jimmy. This is it. It's good to be with you uh, here at the end of all things. (laughs) Enjoy uh, this late stage empire show we're watching right now. We'll do it again soon, brother. Be well. Exactly. Take care, sir. There he goes. The legendary Ben Dominich. There we go back after this. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Oh, man. It's getting real. They're playing Enter the Dragon. I don't know that we're going to get a Bruce Lee sighting, but we will see Marsha Blackburn in the next hour. Brian Brenberg will be with us as well. He's going to weigh in on some of these Elon Musk takes about the economy and, of course, the acquisition of Twitter. Here's Elon, a man the Democrats would have you believe is a white supremacist, right-wing strongman, uh, laying out his case. Uh, this is clip 22. You know, it's not some right-wing takeover, um, as, as say, people on the left may fear, uh, yeah. but rather a moderate-wing takeover um, and an attempt to uh, ensure that, that people of, of all, uh, you know, political bl- uh, beliefs feel welcome on, on a digital town square that, and they can express uh, their, their beliefs uh, without fear of being banned or shadow banned. Um, 
and 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 that we we obviously need to get rid of the bots uh, and, and and scams and trolls and, and people that are operating uh, huge bot armies in an attempt to uh, unduly influence the the public opinion. So this is what I think it's very important that we have that. Like the the some of the smartest people in history have said, have, have have thought about it and said like free speech is important for a for a healthy democracy. It is important and free speech only matters. Okay, do you understand that's Elon Musk saying free speech? Remember free speech? Remember America? Freedom! That's what he's getting behind. Not Republican speech, not Democratic speech, American speech. And the Democrats are like, hell no! He's going to get us killed! Run for your lives! Are you listening to this right-wing strongman? Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person! Listen to Kevin Meany, Democrats. You sound like a crazy person. And no one's buying what you're selling, so go come up with a new strategy. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, talk about an embarrassment of radio riches in this hour. Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn is coming by. Brian Brenberg, econ whiz, associate professor of economics at the King's College, Fox News contributor. He is going to be here as well to talk Bidenomics uh, because the president took a beating yesterday at the hands of Elon Musk. Come on, man. It was bad. And uh, we will discuss that, as well as the president's remarks. He spoke in Buffalo a short while ago. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Uh, and it was, you know, typical gaslighting, scapegoating, you know, the right wing. And I'm saving democracy. <laughs> it's so crazy. Joe Biden, it's like, I say this all the time. I say we're living in the death of shame. Where people are willing to tell you anything if they think it'll help their political side, regardless of whatever obvious indignity they might be suffering. Like Joe Biden likes to tell you the Republicans are suppressing votes. Oh, they got voter suppression. They want a voter ID. When you go to the polls in Georgia, where they have 17 days of early voting, the guy saying this lives in a state that has zero days of early voting. Death of shame stuff. No, no, Georgia's bad. You know, the state with 17 more days of voting than we have, they're the ones suppressing the votes. Not us, where it's harder to vote. Them. That's death of shame stuff. But that's why they're polling where they are right now. We laugh about it. It's a coping mechanism. Crazy stuff happens in your life. You know, I've been broke most of my adult life. Uh, You know, sometimes you laugh. You laugh at tragedy. You laugh at adversity as a means of taking the power away from it. And I think that's the whole point of this show, Fox Across America, with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, is that we take the issues very seriously. We don't take ourselves seriously at all. Uh, But it's getting harder and harder to take even the issues seriously because the people running this country right now, they have no idea what they're doing. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. I mean, it's a mess, okay? But as it pertains to the baby formula shortage, we touched on this earlier, but Marsha Blackburn, who is joining us in a little while, okay, she has been all over this in the Senate and for good measure. Okay, right now in the richest country in the world, we have a shortage of baby formula. We have a shortage of baby formula at a time where we're not only shipping baby formula over to Ukraine, but we're buying baby formula in bulk so we can send it down to illegal migrant children who are entering our country illegally. And I want you to understand 
I have empathy for these migrant children. I'm not saying starve those children. What are you, crazy? I'm not saying starve those Ukrainian kids. What are you, crazy? But what I am saying is... Welcome to the Biden administration. Home to the new slogan, America last. Somehow all of those kids come before your kid. And that's... It's just weird to live in a country in the condition this one happens to be in right now where there's just such a massive compromise in the quality of everything that we grew up knowing, whether you're talking about a shortage of goods at the store, which we've never seen before. Okay, we've most of us never seen inflation to these levels. Okay, you know, people say Jimmy Carter. Joe Biden looks makes Jimmy Carter look like Gary Carter. Hall of Fame catcher for the Mets and Expos, the kid. I mean, man, Joe Biden's a mess. Okay, we've never seen gas at these prices. And understand, as much as we all scream and yell about gas, it's my long-haul truckers out there, the big boys, the big girls who make this country go round, the offensive line of society, of this economy, that are looking at diesel prices that are nearly $2.40 higher a gallon than they were a year ago. That can't be good. Yo, understand that. $2.40 more a gallon than they were a year ago. Biden sucks. Okay, and the answer to a lot of this is, oh, MAGA, it's a good thing that Trump guys um, protecting democracy. White supremacy, ladies and gentlemen, white supremacy. Give it up for them. Okay, but the needs of the American people aren't being met in a way we've never witnessed before. Yo, If Trump is your president right now, if any Republican is your president right now, Jeb Bush, Jeb Bush could be the president of the United States right now. Wrong. All right. Well, he probably couldn't be. Low energy Jeb, as Trump liked to call him. But the point is, in a hypothetical situation where Jeb Bush was the president of the United States right now and he had an R next to his name, the Democrats would be telling you this baby formula shortage is racism. Oh, no. Look at the kids who don't have the formula. You know, there's a good percentage of them are minorities. They don't have formula. Why are the Republicans starving the minorities? That's what they would do. Okay, that's what they do. We don't talk about issues. We talk about how we can weaponize the problem on behalf of the Democratic Party. And I understand all politicians are in it for themselves. But this one happens to be so brazenly self-absorbed and so horrifically misguided with its reading of each and every situation. That we're all suffering as a consequence. And when it comes to the baby formula, yo, this is bananas. Here's Pete Booty Judge, again, doing the same thing they do over and over and over in this party. No, no, it's somebody else's fault. He was asked why it took so long. They heard about this in September. Why is it May? Here's his answer, clip 10. I know the president said more action's coming, but this has been ongoing for months. There were supply chain issues already. Then you have the issue with this one plant, Abbott. Um, Whistleblower in September, February, the recall. It's May. Why has it taken so long? The administration acted from day one after the recall, (laughs) taking steps like creating more flexibility for the WIC program. There are more actions that are underway, including looking at imports. (laughs) <laughs> you told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. Did you hear Pete Buttigieg? The administration acted from day one. <laughs> okay, here's Corinne Jean-Pierre. She's your new White House press secretary. Flat out said last Friday. Now, again, if Pete Buttigieg would have you believe this is the administration that took action from day one. That's what he said. We took action from day one. You were lying your ass off. Here is the new White House press secretary. As of this past Friday, 
which is not September, which is not February, which is, oh, I don't know, five days ago, flat out saying, we don't even know who's in charge of this effort yet. We're just getting it together. It's clip 16. This is an urgent issue that the FDA, as you all know, and the White House is working 24-7 to address. Is this yeah. turning point on the, on the, the formula issue at the White House? You mentioned the White House is involved. I, I, at the White House, I don't, I, I don't know. I can find out for you and get you a person who's running point, um, but I, I don't have a, a person in it. I mean, are you following that? She's worse than Kamala. I mean, I, I don't even know. I have no idea. That's how on top of it. The White House, this administration is working 24 hours. I mean, not in a row. (laughs) Just 24 hours. Since September, they've put in about 24 hours. No, no, we're on this. We got a team. Who's in charge? I don't know. It's a good question. Yo, they got caught flat-footed. These are, this is what happened. You need to know this, man. You, I am your friend. I'm your ally. I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat. If you're an American, you're on my team. I need the country to flourish. It's not flourishing. So they don't know what they're doing. You have to understand we can't vote like this anymore. You can't vote for incompetent people because you don't like the way the competent people behave on social media. And again, okay, I cannot condone 90% of Trump's behavior on social media. It's disgusting. I, I can't. But I promise you they had actual adults in the room as opposed to what the media would have you believe when this administration got into office. Anybody who has any um, connection to reality (laughs) about what is going on around them should have watched that and said the adults are back in the room. It it seems as though we have a, a professional adult once again in the White House who's just simply doing the work. Really, the the theme, I would say, is the adults are back. Still, it is a relief to have adults in charge. Now we have adults in the White House. Okay, the adults are back in the room. Um, There is a sense, I think, the world over that the adults have returned. We have an adult in the White House now, and it's glorious. I'm surrounded by idiots. Yeah, did you hear the media? The adults are back in the room. That's the good news, kids. The adults are driving the car again. The bad news is you're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if the house band sounds fired up, it's because they are. Joining us now on the show, every once in a while, our producer just likes to show off and bring on such a cool guest that makes him look good around the building. Well, this is absolutely one of those times. She is a superstar senator from the great state of Tennessee. Marsha Blackburn back on the show. Hello, Senator. Hey, Jimmy. How are you today? I'm good. Not as good as my producer. you got to see the pep in his step because he booked Marsha Blackburn. He's all over the place. <laughs> Of course. He's demanding a raise. I really believe that. Yeah, no, he's demanding yeah. a raise. We have to give him two six-packs of beer this Thursday. It's unbelievable. Well, I'm sure you can afford it. <laughs> but you have to go check the inflation rate on a bottle of beer. <laughs> I was telling somebody the other day, you know how you used to have to put a quarter in the swear jar if you said a bad word? It's now 43 cents. Well, absolutely it is. And I bet you to get a to get a can or a bottle of beer, it's probably up about 50 percent because you have um, 
Coffee is up 143 mm percent. -hmm. You've got eggs that are up nearly 50 percent. Look at the prices of things at the grocery store. So the beer aisle can't be the anomaly in the grocery store. You know, that's got to go up. Listen, if there was ever a journalistic mission that required my investment of time, it's drinking beer and getting back to you on the prices. So you got me, Senator. If this is if this is the assignment, I'll be down there checking. But you know what? At least the beer will be on the shelves. This baby formula situation, uh, I have to tell you, is something uh, that's unprecedented in my lifetime. Have you ever lived through a shortage of baby formula? I have never in my life heard of such. And Tennessee has been one of the most adversely impacted states by this. You've got 54% of the top-selling baby formulas that are just completely out of stock. So it is time for the White House to turn their attention to this. And the thing is this, they knew about this last fall. They thought they could kind of sweep it under the rug and it wouldn't be a problem and nobody would ever find out. That's kind of their modus operandi for so many things. But of course, you leave something unattended, it becomes a crisis, then they go into full spin trying to make it somebody else's fault. They literally sit there in the chair. They raise their finger, point it in the air, and start pointing it to other people saying, well, you caused this, or you caused this, or it's big business's fault, or, you know, it's bad manufacturer's fault, or it's somebody else's fault, Trump's fault. It can't be their fault. <laughs> There's a lot, of, a lot of MAGA phrasing these days, ultra MAGA, extreme MAGA, I can't believe it's not MAGA. I don't know uh, who was in charge of this focus group. Uh, that came up with this branding. But isn't it weird? Because I think when you remind people of Trump, and one of the reasons a lot of Republicans are embracing the label ultra MAGA, is because none of these crises faced our country under the Trump administration. So in a weird way, isn't Biden kind of, it's, a, it's like what the kids would call a self-own, but because the comparison between him and Trump is not a flattering one for him. Oh, it isn't at all. I was talking this weekend to a friend who classifies herself as an independent-minded voter. She's basically a moderate Tennessee Democrat. And she said, you know, I am for a government of, by, and for the people. But this administration, everything they're doing is making my life worse. It doesn't matter if it's the price of the pump. It doesn't matter if it's formula for the grandbabies. It doesn't matter if it's prices at the grocery store. It doesn't matter if it is camp fees for the kids for this summer. She said, everywhere we turn, the price of everything is up, up, up. The mess that they're seeing at the southern border, the issues with fentanyl on the streets of our towns and cities. And she just feels like this is a government that is broken under this administration. Uh, she thinks that their actions they've taken have been intentional. You look at the way they went about canceling offshore drilling leases last weekend. You only do that if you're satisfied with $5 a gallon gas. That's a great point. We're talking to Tennessee Senator Martha McCallum, and I'm Marsha Blackburn anyway. I told you, Mar I'm Martha McCallum's on my TV screen. You're lucky you're not Martha McCallum because you'd have to put up with me all day, not just for five <laughs> minutes a day. 
I'm looking at I just it's so funny, too, because Mar- Martha, who's on TV here at Fox, is pound for pound one of the best elevator conversations in the building. I would imagine your elevator game is pretty strong. No, Senator Blackburn? Oh, my elevator game is great. um, I believe that great speeches come in short bits. Uh, Look at the Sermon on the Mount. Look at the Gettysburg Address. Say what you got to say and shut up. (laughs) There's no no intermission at the Sermon on the Mount. There was no, uh, you're right. There was no second act. That's a very good point. That's why we pay the big bucks. Well, let me ask you this, because there's a speech that I wish would have gotten interrupted last week. Uh, Janet Yellen was talking to Senator Tim Scott, your colleague in the Senate, and she was trying to make the case that abortion uh, really boosts labor force participation. But I am of the mind that if you want more people in the workforce, you let them live, no? Well, one would think that. And when you look at a post-Roe v. Wade world, you have, uh, I think, the number 64 million babies that were aborted or and you know joe biden last week was talking about aborting children which i thought was really very sad um but it showed that he does realize that uh that baby with a heartbeat there in the room that picture in the womb Mm -hmm. and that picture that you're seeing on the sonogram that that is a living human being I'm sure his team um, reprimanded him for using the phrase abort a child. But here is what we do know is that Yellen uh, was trying to very awkwardly link staying in the workforce as opposed to women who take time from the workforce to rear a child, to have a child, to exercise maternity leave. And she was talking about trying to reference it and link it to poverty and poverty rates. And Tim Scott very artfully, and I thought with great dignity, corrected her and mentioned that he was grateful that his mother did not have an abortion and carried him to term and had him. And even though... Much of his early life was spent in abject poverty. He and his mom found a way to realize the American dream. Yep, and it's a, it's, a, it's such a great story, and the attitude it's of a tremendous story and victorhood over victimhood. The democratic message there is why even try? Uh, the whole point of America is you overcome adversity and you make an incredible life for yourself. But Senator Blackburn, um, we do have to go investigate these beer prices. We're committed to journalism on this show, so let's please do this again soon, and we'll get back to you with a price report, okay? You get back to me. Let me know what you find out because I have no doubt you're going to be spot on on this one. <laughs> Finally, we get one right on this show. Well, you're the best. I appreciate your time, Senator. Have a great day. There she goes, the great Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn, uh, or as I called her, Martha McCallum. Can you tell the champ hasn't slept since he was 29 years old, by the way? Got to get this guy a nap. Where's the the manager going to the bullpen? They don't do that in radio. Uh, But we do go to break, and we do refresh and come back with Brian Brenberg. We will fight another day with a man who survived my backyard last Saturday night and lived to tell the tale. After a night of watching YouTube with Lincoln Fela, that doesn't traditionally end good for anybody. It's America's life coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela. 
Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fired up to this talk to this next guest. He is not only a Fox News contributor. He is not only an economics professor at the King's College, but uh, thanks to Lincoln Fela, he is also an expert on orangutan boxing in Cambodia. Uh, Brian Brenberg on the show, <laughs> sitting ringside. What's up, man? Oh, hey, man, I'm so glad that you brought that up. You know, that's been the focus of Brenberg homeschooling for the last week now is Cambodian monkey boxing. <laughs> and i got to tell you, we are becoming aficionados on it. Everyone listening right now, if you've never gone on YouTube and seen monkey boxing in Cambodia, uh, it's one of Lincoln's greatest YouTube finds ever. And he likes to, you know, you know, back in the day, if Johnny Carson called you over to the couch, he, like you made it as a comedian. Well, if Lincoln calls you over to the YouTube, you've made it as a visiting family. And he busted out the Cambodian monkey boxing for the Brenbergs. And that you've arrived. I mean, I hope you guys drove home in that Uber singing the theme song from the Jeffersons. stunned silence actually because we've never seen anything more entertaining you've got a great show jimmy but we've never seen anything more entertaining (laughs) you gotta go watch this thing you've got you've got a doctor character you've got like between rounds uh bikini clad monkey character i mean you've got everything you've got to see this it's it's like it really is like a weird dream, but it's real and it's excellent. And that's, you know, Lincoln Fela 2032 or whenever he's eligible to run. Um, let's have this talk, though, because it's we're not talking about Lincoln's presidency. I want to talk about the Biden presidency it was Elon Musk. And I know, you know, you're out in Minnesota. You're in the woods right now. You're probably on your third 12 pack of the day in a canoe somewhere. But did you catch Elon Musk hitting Biden on inflation and basically saying, you know, any idiot knows what's causing inflation and it's Biden? Yeah, I mean, I, I you can't miss what Elon Musk is saying these days. And, you know, it's such a weird world where where you know he's the kind of guy who would say, like, 10 crazy things for one legitimate thing. Mm-hmm. But he's at a ratio now because of how crazy the West, rest of the world is that almost everything he says is right on the money. And He's just calling out the president left and right. But, of course, everybody's been doing that now. I mean, I came out to Minnesota because I wanted to be in a place where you have to drive 50 miles to get anywhere. Just because the price of gas is so high, I had to experience that firsthand. Anybody out here having to put gas in their tank is saying, what in God's green earth is going on with this president? And the things he's saying that he thinks are going to solve inflation, taxing corporations more to solve inflation. Mr. President, come on. (laughs) Because here's the thing I was going to ask you that. It is my basic understanding, and we're talking to Brian Brenberg on the line. You probably can't tell from his slurred speech. He's out in Minnesota. But uh, I'm kidding. I'm just going to keep running with this. I'm just going to keep running with it. But uh, Go. You just go with it. My my basic understanding of economics is that if you raise the costs on the manufacturing base on any level, whether we're talking about fuel, we're talking about taxes, uh, they're going to pass it on to the consumer. They're not going to be like, ah, you got me. I guess we'll just make less money this year. Any tax increase on corporate Operations is felt by the consumers, is it not? Yeah, I mean, look, here's, this is so ridiculous. Gas prices through the roof. What's the president's answer? What's Senate Democrats' answer? Let's raise taxes on oil companies. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, now you've got uh, inflation problem. More generally speaking, same thing. Well, let's just raise taxes on them because why? Well, there's no sense to it. There's no logic to it. I mean, this is the presidency of economic illogic. They don't have any cause and effect. They just throw things out there and they hope that somehow people are going to hear that they've got a solution and 
somehow believe that that solution is actually going to work when, of course, none of the solutions have worked. I mean, all of the oil solutions Biden's put forward, we're going to let you put the, the, the E-15 in your tank. We're going to release strategic petroleum reserves. None of those things have made a bit of difference. Oil today is higher than it was the day that he announced all of those uh, all of those uh, schemes, and we're getting nowhere, and, and Americans can't get anywhere because they can't afford to put gas in their tank. Oh, it is so crazy. The guy who's making the most money is the guy who made the Joe Biden, I did that stickers that are on all the gas pumps. Like, <laughs> that that was like a funny prank last September, but now that guy's like a billionaire. Are you I mean, the money he's making? And because now what happened is, and he never could have anticipated this, but sticker guy thought it was going to be gas pumps, but now it's on grocery store shelves. I was at Stop and Shop the other day, and they had where the baby formula's missing in my Westbury Stop and Shop. There's a Biden I did that sticker. I mean, did you ever think... <laughs> Did you ever think, I mean, I know your family sells a lot of things on the black market, but did you ever think it would be baby formula? <laughs> you know what's crazy about this baby formula thing? I got this is, I think this is worth pointing out, and not a lot of people are saying this. This problem really actually was started almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you've been buying this stuff or you needed this stuff over the past year, it's not just the last month that you've started to notice a problem. It was a year ago. The problem is, and this is so true of the Biden administration, if it's stuff that average everyday people need, they're not paying any attention to it. The Biden administration just doesn't care. You put gas in your tank, don't worry, that problem's not a problem. Uh, you need baby formula, we're not paying attention to that. It's, it's this governing of, be governed by people who don't live in reality. They, they live in media centers, they live in government centers, which means they don't even buy the stuff that most people actually buy, and they don't care to solve any of the problems that most people actually have. The formula problem has been around for a long time. But here's the thing, Jimmy, this is the, here's the risk now, okay, because this is like the typical leftist move. So they get, they, their policy fails. What do they do? Well, they then make a proposal to give themselves more power to coerce more people in the name of solving the problem for us. This is the recipe. Create a problem and then give yourself more power to solve it. You can already see that with the baby formula. You're already getting legislative proposals to give more money to the FDA, more money to the government to solve this problem. It's the government that created this problem in the first place. Don't give them more power because they say they're going to solve it for you. Wow. How about Brian Brenberg going full Reagan? Listen to this. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Wow. Brenberg, you are you are Reagan-esque today. We don't get a lot of these out of you. We, That's you know. what happens when I'm out on the canoe. When I'm out on the canoe and I'm in the fresh air and I got a, you know, I got a nice-sized bass on the line, uh, you know, sometimes a little Reagan comes out. What are you going to do about that? <laughs> he's, he's winning one for the Gipper today on Fox Across America. Who knew? Um, let me ask you this, Brenberg. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about $40 billion in aid getting sent over to Ukraine. I think everybody stands with Ukraine. Uh, but I do think this seems like a lot of money when Mar- Americans are suffering at home. But the question I have for you is, again, my basic understanding of this is we didn't take $40 billion out of a savings account. We just printed and spent and essentially borrowed another $40 billion. This is not me looting Lincoln's you know, money he got for making his communion in second grade like I would do to pay off a gambling debt. This is like literally – some, we're looting something else here, are we not? Yeah, 
I mean, you know, this is the thing about it. I, I think this is generally true. People just don't believe that when the government's spending money right now, they really have any idea what they're spending the money on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you get a bunch of people who say, you know, everybody sort of supports Ukraine. I mean, we're upset about what's happening there, want to help. But do you really trust this administration to know how it's spending $40 billion in Ukraine? And do you ever notice it's always it's always like catch-up money. So it's never money spent ahead of time with forethought about what we can do to prevent problems. It's always money spent after problems have arisen to try to like throw money at the problem and solve it when you know the people in charge have no idea what they're doing. That, to me, is the problem with the $40 billion, in addition to the fact that we don't have it because we're running – despite what President Biden says, he says he brought the deficit down. We're still running over trillion-dollar deficits every single year on his watch. We just don't have the money for this, and we don't have the people in charge who know how to spend it, even if we can afford it. There's no way he's going to spend it uh, rightly here. It is crazy. We're talking to Brian Brenberg, who's just putting a smackdown on the Biden administration right now. But no, I, I get it. And this the, the argument that, you know, well, Ukraine is the biggest issue in the world, and he wants us to believe it's the driver of all of our inflationary issues. But if it really is, don't you think we should be doing more to end the war as opposed to prolonging it? Well, again, it's like what what's what is the strategic rationale for the $40 billion that we're spending? What has been the strategic rationale all along? I think if there was a strategic rationale here, we would have been doing as a country, and this administration would have been doing a lot more before Putin invaded yeah. to try to forestall that happening. That, to me, is the problem. They, they blew it on the front end, and now on the back end, they want American taxpayers – to make up for their policy failures. But it's the same thing. It's the same thing on baby formula. It's the same thing on oil and gas. Every problem that comes up, it's like the the administration wants some kind of patchwork solution on the back end, and it always ends up costing us at a minimum $40 billion. We we can't keep spending money that way. I think what we need to do is take whoever choreographed the Cambodian monkey boxing event and let them run things. That guy had a good show. The crowd was into it. The monkeys were great. It's a fun show. It's funny. Everything went off on time. We have any issues. You know, you never hear about the issues at the Cambodian monkey boxing. Can, can we make like, you know, they used to have exchange students. Can we have exchange presidents? Are we allowed to do that? I, you know, I think it's there might be something about the about that in the Constitution, Jimmy. I'm not a constitutional <laughs> lawyer, but I'll crack it open uh, right after this interview, and I'll get on that. We might be able to make. I think it, you know, it's like it, it's one of those amendments, like you know, the, yeah. the tenth and a half. Like <laughs> well, listen, it'll be nice to see you cracking something open besides a Schlitz ice or whatever <laughs> can you're drinking in the fishing boat. Uh, give. Give my best to the team, Brenberg. We'll catch up soon. I'm I'm getting off the line while we're right. both still gainfully employed. You're the best. <laughs> Fair enough, Jimmy. See ya. Be, be well, brother. There he goes, the great Brian Brenberg. I mean, basically, what's he telling you in a nutshell is all of the spending is not proactive. It's reactive. And there's no sound policy. And there's not. I mean, when you look at this White House right now, okay, you <laughs> – you don't ever get the feeling, oh, no, no, these guys are on top of it. You don't understand. No, they're on top of it. Do what we say or you're a racist. And now, thank you. We'll take $40 billion to go do what we want to say. It's bananas, man. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, 
They're not respecting our country the way they used to. And I don't see how they could. We're back after this. A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as, and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. Introducing Comedy Self-Defense, the martial arts training that puts the punch in punchline. So these two guys, they walk in a bar. That's it, I'm coming up there. Comedy audiences are more violent than ever, but staying safe is not a joke. You want some more, buddy? Let's see a left to this. Ow, my spleen. Comedy Self-Defense classes, because laughter is the best medicine. But you shouldn't have to take medicine afterwards. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That's right. The pressure is on, man. Doing stand-up on Gutfeld tonight. you got to bring your A-game. They're beating up comedians. In this day and age, they, they storm the stage. What the hell is the world coming to? I'm actually not concerned about that tonight. I will be on set with Gutfeld and Cat and Emily Campagno. And uh, a guy by the name of Tyrus, who just happens to be a pro wrestling champion. If anything, I'm concerned about him getting offended. You don't want to upset the bouncers tonight. That could end bad for your radio buddy. But, yes, it is uh, 11 o'clock tonight on the Gutfeld Show. Uh, I will be out there uh, midway through the show doing stand-up here at the Fox News building in the brand-new Gutfeld studio. I'll be the first guy in history to ever do one of these sets, hopefully not the last. No, it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm really pumped up. And this is one of those, like, mile marker moments. If you've been a part of this show, like, you go back to the beginning. Like, I'm talking two years ago, pre-pandemic, when Lincoln wasn't even coming on the show as a guest. He was just calling in as George from Queens and trying to sneak onto the air. It was outstanding radio. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. But that's where this thing started. And uh, in just a short time, man, like a little bit, I guess, two years, you know, it's gone crazy for me, man. And I hope, you know, I get it. It's insanity. And I'm having a wild time. And I'm so much fun. And you guys kind of, you know, made this. You made this. So when I say, like, oh, I got this big TV thing tonight, I'm tuning in because, I, you know, you guys are shareholders in this whole movement. And you have driven the market for what it is we do. And it's not just a validation of me. It's a validation of you, the people who are willing uh, to politic the way we do on this show, which is, hey, we're not the canceled people. We're not the offended people. We're not the jerks. We're just having a good time. We live in America. We're in on the joke. We hit the lottery. So I'm not even going to get political tonight. I'm going to do, you know, five or six minutes about my life and stuff like that and just have a good time and just give you actual escapism because the rest of the show is going to be news of the day and politics and stuff like that. And uh, I'll let those guys have their moment, and I'll actually give you – actual late night escapism like hey here's a comedian with something to say about his existence that's a little different because he comes from a different background that's what comedy used to be now a lot of the comedy you're watching is like i just want to yell at people who don't vote the way i do that's why tickets to colbert are ten dollars to get in and 200 to get out Okay, the guy sucks. He knows what he's talking about. Late night comedians have failed this country. You do need to know that. Okay, late night comedy used to be something called common culture. You used to turn it on at the end of the day, 
And we didn't really discuss how you voted. We didn't care how you voted. We just wanted to laugh at wacky headlines and the jaywalk all-stars and Karnak the Magnificent and anything Johnny Carson was cooking up in between chains smoking on the set and guests coming on bombed in leisure suits and saying all kinds of wildly inappropriate things. That's the late night I missed. That's the late night Gutfeld is bringing back. And that's why we are winning. Like, Gutfeld is actually number one in the ratings this week. You know, I always call him the king of late night. I've been calling him that since, you know, this show got started. But it's actually borne out in the ratings. We're winning because we're the fun side. Our show, our radio show, it is surging because we're the fun side. I mean, even against other fun conservative shows, we're just out funning a lot of them in head-to-head matchups because I don't have their brilliance. I don't have their intellectual acumen. I don't come into this game with their star power, uh, but I do have a couple of screws loose, a taxi license, and, you know, 20 years spent inside comedy clubs. So we are the team that nobody wants to play. In this little, you know, radio soapbox derby, You know, we didn't come into this with air tools like it's NASCAR. Uh, We very much built this ramshackle vessel, put some cool decals on it with Jenny's little cricket that she likes to make stuff on. And now we're just kicking everybody's ass in the races because we're the good time car. And uh, tonight is an opportunity for our little good time car to get some collective shine in the winner's circle. So I'm not as excited for me as I am for you because every one of you that gets to watch it, it'll go great. It'll be fun and we'll make fun of each other. You can be like, yeah, I know that guy. It's not like, I don't know, I've seen that guy before. It's not like I listen to that guy's radio show. You know that guy. I correspond with you on the Fox Across America Facebook page. I get back to you directly on Twitter. If you call into the show, if you come to any of my events, like I say it every day, man, this is our show. It's ours. not mine. It's ours. My name is on it. Uh, but it's our show, and uh, our show is really like surging, like something fierce right now. So be proud, you guys. Really, be proud. Uh, I don't have time to be proud. I have to go have that abusive stage dad who lives in my head yell at me from now until 11 p.m. So I make sure I do a good job, and we get the choreography down, and all the dance moves are on time. But believe me, when it's time for the Jackson 3 to take the stage later, you know, Michael will be ready to sing Thriller, and we'll all go to bed with a smile on our face. Until then, uh, this Bud's for you. And when the show's over, there will be several buds for me. Until then, we'll see you tomorrow. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a... Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.